This episode is going to be more of a blooper reel mixed with a confessional. Although Robin and I have backgrounds in recruitment, we have made our own missteps when it came to hiring for our own business. We've never been bashful when it came to sharing how we could have done things better, which is exactly what you're going to get today. We're joined by our community manager, Ashlyn Puckett, who originally was hired as a virtual assistant for Explore Tour Travel. After learning the industry, Ashlyn's role transitioned into a client experience manager, where she became responsible for all client-facing communications, social media, blogs, and much, much more. She is the perfect person to help us walk through all the things you'll want to prepare before hiring your VA because, well, she's been there before. Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from T. We're obsessed with practically anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With Robin's background in sales and marketing and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional, we grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency, and now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins. We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine, so pour one up with us, grab a seat, and join us to talk all things travel and business. The first point is interesting because while onboarding used to be one of my primary responsibilities at a large corporate organization, it's something that I personally struggled with as a business owner. When Ashlyn started at Explorator, I created a Trello board of videos and tasks for her. However, Robin was incredibly passionate about ensuring that we were able to onboard Ashlyn very thoroughly and correctly when she transitioned to Teak. Robin, will you kick us off and tell us how you prepared and just the general philosophy behind creating an onboarding plan for Ashlyn in her initial weeks of employment? I want to say it was the end of last year, we launched our Agency Expansion Academy, which was like a course, all things hiring. And inside of that program, which is still available up on our shop, we talk about onboarding. And that was the one part of, I would say, that course that got, gets me really fired up because onboarding really sets you up for success. The whole hiring process is like a very daunting experience, I would say, like the interviewing and the communicating with potential new hires beforehand and getting all of their documents already. But the onboarding program for me is that exciting like first day of school. And I don't know if it's because I'm that crazy person who like used to always buy new school supplies and color coordinate based off my courses. So I wanted everything like super fresh for this new person. And Ashlyn coming on, which granted everybody we onboarded before Ashlyn kind of just got like thrown to the wolves on day one. And I hated that. Like as a business owner, there's things that you can tackle and there's those nice to do projects and like finalizing our Hiring and onboarding process was just one of those things that we were going to have to wait and, and backpedal until we had the time. And with Ashlyn, I felt like we were in the midst of agency expansion. So it was hot on my brain. And when I was creating that onboarding program, which turned into a whole resource inside of the course, I put it into a Google doc, a Google document that was kind of like a step-by-step, day-by-day schedule breakdown. I had little drop-down menus for when she completed something, she could check it off her to-do list. But how I created that was working backwards from like her roles and responsibilities. I think the most irresponsible thing you can ever do as a business owner is to hire somebody on. And then when you're building their onboarding program, just keep adding to it. It's so unfair. This person just accepted a job, signed their offer letter. And then you look at the onboarding program on day one and you're like, 
whoa, whoa, whoa. None of this was talked about or agreed upon when I took on this role. So what I did was I sat there with her printed out job description and looked at every single aspect of those different roles. And granted now transitioned away from VA and she's now our community manager. And she also does all of our workflow projects. She has her hands in a lot of pots. So it was super important for me to number one, give her a proper introduction to Teak. Because while she did know the travel industry, which is a huge learning curve for VAs, I think at first, Teak is a little bit different. And how we service our clients is entirely different than how we used to service them as travel professionals. So giving her that proper introduction to Teak was always, this should be first and foremost, like the primary welcome introduction. And then I wanted to really break it down by what she was focusing on. So, you know, if a member of niche wants to, for whatever reason, end their membership, but start again in two months, what does that look like? Can I create a training video for it? The biggest thing that you made sure I was adhering to when I was actually like filling in the blanks for Ashlyn and actually creating that plan was making sure that we kept within one zone of genius each day. So it was one system or one service or whatever it was. You tried to keep us on track. So it was like, okay, get perfect within this area and then add to it. I think so many people, they try and just overwhelm their new hires with like, okay, now learn this system. Now learn this system. Give time to absorb before you're snowballing into other things. It's it's really easy to be overwhelmed, especially in systems. And even if you're fantastic at learning technology, it can still be very confusing when you're trying to learn Travify and TravelJoy and ClickUp and Trello and whatever else you're throwing at someone. So I know that when I would create a day, you would look at it and be like, okay, but why is this on this day? I don't want her feeling distracted or getting overwhelmed by having to learn something at the, especially at the end of the day when it's like your brain's been used up. You have watched all the videos on TravelJoy and now, okay, now watch a training on a podcast. And it's like, no, don't introduce a totally new concept. So that was something that I remember the philosophy when we were actually laying out Ashlyn's plan was making sure we're focusing on one area and one task per day, if not multiple days, but also to make sure that there was time to absorb creating that cadence of, okay, half the day might be with a team member. Half the day is going to be on your own for you to absorb. And we're not going to throw a million things at you at one time. That was just the general philosophy we went with to create those initial three weeks. And we actually mapped out every hour for three weeks. Yeah, we we really did. And that's important to me because again, people need to know what they're walking into a day in a schedule like that, especially as a new person, it kind of makes it feel a little bit less overwhelming than to just show up and be like, I have no idea what's going on today. I don't know when I'm technically taking lunch. I don't know when I'm off. Like, I, And there's so many questions like that, that a new hire isn't going to be like, so do I get a like two o'clock stretch break? Also, and what I wish I would have done for more past employees, we actually leaned a lot more on YouTube videos. So like the first week, how I planned it out, she didn't learn anything about our processes or services until week two. The first week was getting like genuinely comfortable with the business and then also comfortable with all of our systems. So she's working inside of Mighty Network. So there was a day full of Mighty Network trainings. 
that could be anywhere from like an hour on YouTube to 15 minutes. And she had to chug through those. But to give her like a foundation of the systems we were using before we trained her exactly on how we were personally using them, I think was really helpful. And again, we'll let Ashlyn kind of give her honest, unfiltered thoughts on everything in this episode, of course. But that was something I think me and Jen were always super overwhelmed by hiring. I was, I say that for myself, I don't know about Jen, but I was because it's like, great, we have this new person. I'm so excited. But like, I'm not a good trainer, personally, me being Robin. So using those videos offloaded the responsibility on us to be on call with this person for like eight hours a day and get nothing else done in the business because we're onboarding and allowed us to like lean on the experts. ClickUp has a million and five help docs and videos on their website. Who knows ClickUp better than ClickUp? Same thing with things like Active Campaign, Mighty Networks we found all over YouTube and they were really, really awesome. And they would be like this person doing a YouTube series on them. I always thought it had to come exactly from my mouth. And then I learned why. If it's basic system overview, like of course, once she had all that knowledge of the platform, and then we would go into training and like, okay, so this is Active Campaign. Here's how we use it. Here's what you'll be doing inside of it. And that needs to come from you. But the foundation work, that first week of getting comfortable and familiar with systems, that doesn't need to be on your plate if it's going to be one of those things where it's like, I just don't want to hire because I don't want to onboard. Like I can't get a training uploaded and ready for somebody right away. I guess this is the fun part. We have never asked Ashlyn about her onboarding previously. So this could be a little bit of a truth bomb we're about to detonate on y'all. But Ashlyn, can you tell us a little bit about how you feel about each onboarding and the strengths and weaknesses of each? And I'm talking about each in terms of exploratory and Teak, because Teak, if you've taken AEA or you plan to buy that course, you'll understand our philosophy better inside. But Exploratore is was an onboarding program for specifically travel. So would love to hear those unfiltered thoughts. Growing your team can feel daunting. From creating an employee handbook to processing payroll, there is so much to consider. However, Gusto can simplify it all by acting as your in-house HR professional. Gusto offers various tiers of membership so that you can decide what level of support best fits your organization. Our team trusts Gusto to handle state filings, manage taxes, create our employee handbook, track PTO, and so much more. If you're not an HR pro, but need one on your team without the overhead, check out Gusto. Get $100 off when you enroll using our affiliate code found in the show notes. So I'll start with Explorator since that was, you know, my first job with you guys. And I do want to preface by saying it's been about two years since I onboarded with Explorator. So if I am forgetting anything, Jen, please feel free to add it in. Some of my pros for the onboarding at Explorator, and this was before I had onboarded at Teak, so I didn't even know the difference, but I loved my onboarding at Explorator. Something that you guys might or might not know about me from our social media is that I am a diehard Loom fan. I actually did not know that Loom existed until working with Jen at Explorator, and my love for it just blossomed by using it you know, in our day-to-day workflow. A lot of my training to start was looms from Jen walking me through the systems, showing me how to do things, where to find things. And I loved that because I am a visual learner. Like Robin was mentioning, I want to see something and then I want to do it with my hands after that. Like I want to actually try it and test it, but I need to see it first and I need to see how it's done correctly to be able to understand how to do something the right way. 
So I really, really loved learning different systems by watching Jen on Loom. And I knew that she had hired other VAs in the past. So some of them could have been old, but I would have never known. So that I do think is like super helpful recording Looms, saving them if you do extend or expand in the future rather. I also did one-to-one trainings with her, which I adored. I really love Jen and Robin as human beings. So any one-on-one time with them is so fun for me, especially living in Arkansas. (laughs) Don't have a lot of that. But I really love the face-to-face trainings and that's where I can ask questions. And I'm all about asking questions. So both of those methods, I think, are what helped me learn the industry really fast because with the one-on-ones, I could ask questions and learn that way. But with the looms, I could go back anytime and rewatch and relearn, which I think was super helpful and key for me in expediting the process. I did not come from the travel industry going into this position. Jen also made a Trello board for me, which was key for me because I, again, did not know the industry. So I don't know what touch points to send to clients when. And I can figure out how a system works, but that doesn't help me know which parts of the process I need to send an email for or an invoice for. So Jen had a Trello board for me where she kept my daily, weekly, and monthly tasks, but she introduced this to me in week one. So I got started knowing to look to this Trello board, see what I needed to learn today, see what I needed to do today. And I really, really loved that. And she would always make sure my tasks were in Trello. We could communicate in Slack for any questions that I had during the day, or I could tag her on Trello. And I really loved being able to keep it all in one system as well but she kept it in organization of what I needed to do first, what I needed to do second in order of priority, which was super helpful for me too, because I'm the type of person who will get a bunch of tasks and try and do them all and get them done right away. So knowing what to prioritize is really, really helpful for me as well. As for like cons with, and I know you guys are going to be like, oh my gosh, of course, but I really don't have cons. But I really, really appreciated all the time that went into the looms and the one-to-one trainings And I think now that I know the Teak onboarding, the only thing I would have done differently is have that Google Doc. I still look at it sometimes because it had all of my login information and I'll get into what was on it, but that was just like my Bible. And so I really, really loved that. The biggest thing to know is that Robin and I hired incorrectly at first. And what I had done was I went to Robin as we started Teak we were like, okay, we need someone, but maybe like part-time. And it'd be really cool if they knew the industry. And I was like, oh, what if we were to hire one person and they would do 20 hours for Explore Tour and 20 hours for Teak? And I put it on Facebook and found someone through someone else. And they lived locally. So I thought that was very convenient. And I just had a total misconception of what we needed. Honestly, like I thought that geographical vicinity was a concern, which now absolutely not. I thought that it needed to be someone that was more task oriented rather than people oriented. And that was completely wrong. So I just feel like I didn't have a good grasp on what I needed from the travel space. And we weren't honest that what we needed from the travel space was actually completely different than what we needed in the back end of a business as it was starting out in a startup. What ultimately happened is that Ashlyn did start in a task-oriented position, but it evolved into a client-facing position. And that is what I really needed without knowing it. And that's where we came up with the 
client experience manager role because we had a team and we wanted everyone to have the same client experience for their clients. However, I'm hiring her and I'm thinking, oh, she can just make dinner reservations and create itineraries and all these things. And yes, she was fantastic at that because she's fantastic. But what I actually needed was someone that could create an email, queue it up for me in a politically savvy way and either push back on a client or deliver their wrap-up documents or even queue up emails for me to look over and then say, yes, send for just informational purposes. It did morph, but I, I want to say that we did not know what we needed to hire first and that's where it falls apart. And we've spoken to a couple advisors at this point that have hired and they've let people go because of that exact reason as well. So many times we don't know what we're really hiring for until we list out all of our tasks. And I think that comes from like preparing yourself to actually grow. We hire so retroactively. And that's something me and Jen are working on as we speak is not just being like, there's a fire in the, in the kitchen, go hire somebody to put it out really fast. I would rather be like, okay, organize everything. Here's a task. Here's all the tasks that I do. Here's what I like to do. Here's what I'm good at doing. That's a do task. I'm going to keep that because it gives me energy. And it's also not hard for me to get done with that task. Whereas you can outline and look at everything and delegate certain things like inbox management. Maybe I'm really bad at inbox management and I need somebody who can manage my inbox. Tell me what I need to get back to people on or serve as like a general like client liaison. Maybe the quick questions and stuff, they suck me because like they take me out of the creative itinerary creation, but they're easy for somebody to just quickly pop in and answer. So inbox management, maybe that's a delegate. Or there's another bank of options where you could dump a task where it's instead of hiring somebody to do the task, it could be automated. Before you hire... Before you onboard, it's so valuable to sit down and really get a grasp on where you're, what you're doing in the business. And that will tell you a little bit more. Again, of course, once you have somebody and you're like moving and grooving and the team is jiving, like we're not huge corporations. It's a small business typically that we're hiring for. So you do need the soft skills and somebody to be able to troubleshoot and work as a team when that is called upon. I highly, highly, highly recommend laying all of that out first. I'm remembering now that when I did find you guys, which I'm going to get into how I found them later on, but when I applied on Indeed, I actually had to fill out questions. Like I had to take a test before I could even ace it. Did I do, I had to have done okay to be able to interview, but I was wondering, I think that that was cool for me too, to know like, okay, I like direction that this is going. Yeah. I mean, I think you probably understood that we were taking the culture match very seriously at that point and making sure that, I mean, no one wants to end up in a job that doesn't fit them. So why would you even think like, they had me take this test. I hate this job already. And it's like, no, it's actually to benefit both parties. You just don't really think of it in that way. You feel like a a certain level of intimidation as a candidate, but it shouldn't be that way because it's to ensure that everyone gets the right fit, including the actual employee themselves. Yeah. That mutual investment is there if both parties are willing and like want to do stuff like that. Now that we've covered the actual training piece, let's talk about management style. Everybody obviously operates differently, which goes back to that kind of like Enneagram and personality test. But will you tell us about operating as a remote employee? 
how did you learn the skills or the tasks and become confident in your role, even though you were remote, even though you were learning from afar, and now you're actually in a remote role, you're managing yourself from afar? Yeah, absolutely. So I think this goes down to a few different points, but the first one was meeting frequency, especially to start. We had several meetings. We had daily touch points, which was super helpful for me. And that's where I was able to feel more confident. And once I was confident, we trickled those out and I was able to kind of go on my own. But meeting frequency was super helpful. And we always had Monday calls, which we still have at Teak. I know we're all obsessed with our Monday calls. Our company culture is just bomb. But I love having these because not only can I talk to my two bosses, but I can talk to all my coworkers, bounce ideas off of everybody. And it's just really helpful to get different perspectives. And doing that at Explore Tour Travel was really helpful too, because there were 13 other agents different from Jen. And that helped me to see how different the industry really was, even though we were all under one umbrella. And then I think if I was on my own more in the beginning, I really would have been less likely to ask questions. I do tend to try and work through my problems and issues on my own, but having the ability to meet with somebody when I needed to, or just Slack them or voice message them, that was a really helpful tool for me to be able to feel really confident. Also autonomy. I actually worked in an office for two and a half years prior to jumping over to Explore Tour Travel. And that made me really nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous to go to a remote job, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. I was going to be moving. I didn't want to have to change jobs every time I moved for my husband when he was you know, dealing with his job. And so I knew I wanted a remote job. I just didn't know what I wanted to do other than that I wanted to do like admin work. I wanted to help somebody at a company and I wanted something long-term. And so I was like, am I going to struggle with motivation? Am I going to have trouble getting out of bed in the morning? And I pondered all of these and I found that none of them were an issue for me, but I think that's because I love my job. And so if you have a job where you're just not into it, you're not invested, it's probably going to be hard to get up and go to work. But sometimes I wake up an hour before I'm supposed to just because I'm so excited and I'm ready to do it. But I really didn't ever want to feel micromanaged either. And I've never had that issue with this job. I felt super micromanaged in an office and it drove me crazy I had a boss who would stand behind me when I was closing deals and tell me I was typing too slow. And it was just really stressful, honestly, to be in a type of job like that. So I do feel like I'm really lucky being able to jump from that to working with Jen and Robin. But I'm not micromanaged working from home either. Like I definitely have my tasks. I'm told what I need to do, which I like and I need. They're not sitting there with binoculars staring at me, like time stamping everything. Like they give me my freedom. And as long as I get my stuff done, we're all good. The next one is communication. And although we're not face-to-face, there's no lack of communication. I know Jen introduced us all to voice messaging, but I love it. I voice message every single member of the team, regardless of what it is. It's just really nice to be able to have that open stream of communication. And then that's what brings us to Slack. This is my OG. I love Slack. If you're not using Slack or a messaging platform with your advisors, with your agents, with your VAs, you need to do it because that's where company culture grows when you do work remote. And I think that that is something that everybody should have at a minimum. I think that plus trial and error and time is really what is going to contribute to your confidence and your knowledge in the industry. So, you know, it's not going to come in a day. It didn't take a day to build Rome. 
I'm not going to try and do those things because obviously swing and a miss, put in the effort, ask the questions. It will come with time. And I remember at one point, Jen was just like, oh my God, you like know the industry now. And that was a big aha moment for me too, because I felt it. And then when she confirmed it, it was great, but you'll definitely have your fair share of mistakes. I know I did. I know there was a financial mistake. You know, it happens because we were both willing to learn together. I think it's what made us have such a, like a harmonious relationship. You have to be willing to fall on the sword for an employee. I mean, that's what it boils down to is like, once you bring someone onto your team, they're part of your family. It really is an invitation into someone's life when you hire them. You are investing in their livelihood. And unfortunately, like we live in America, a lot of things are jobs, not careers. Whereas in a lot of other areas of the world, think of working in a hotel. Here, it would be very much a job. Whereas you go to Rome, they've gone to school. I mean, this is not every every place in America. I'm not saying that. But you go to other parts of the world and hospitality is this true profession that they're starting their career in a hotel or they've worked up their way into this five-star hotel and now they're the concierge. It's not a job. And so shift your mentality. If you're thinking I'm hiring someone for a job, think I'm hiring them for their next career move. Because if you want someone to treat your business the way that you love your business and you want it to be treated, you have to find the right person that cares as much. And that's why I don't really believe in an IC structure when it comes to an assistant role. I tried three different VA companies and it just was not a fit for me because there wasn't that level of investment. That's not to say that a VA role may not be a good fit for someone because it may be exactly what you need. If you're looking to outsource those task-oriented things where you never need someone to truly care about your business, then maybe that VA position is perfect for you. But what Ashlyn was alluding to is she had called about airfare and she had gotten a quote and they gave her a quote back in a single fare. Well, it was for two people. So she quoted the client the single fare instead of doubling it and they paid it and we moved on. And I was like, oh wait, that was for one person. And we just, I think we probably both had this like blood rush from our head to our toes moment. You know, when you get like very hot and you like get that panic feeling, it was for an upgrade to first class. I remember that actually. And I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We're not even going back to the client. We're covering it. It was one of those situations where you knew you had to just do it. It wasn't something that could really be remedied. I'm not recommending that everyone just willy-nilly upgrade their clients, (laughs) but this was a situation where we really weighed the pros and the cons and didn't want to create a more frustrated client, which ultimately they they actually were quite frustrated at the time that the call happened. So it was like, all right, we just got to move forward from this. I thought that Ashlyn was going to crawl under her bed and not leave for the rest of the day. She came to me and she's like, I will pay for it. You can take it out of my paycheck. I was like, absolutely not. People make mistakes. Lord knows I have cost my own business far more than that one error that you made. And I've invested in you to be my right hand now. And you're going to make mistakes too. And that's just what happens. And you can't come at someone when that happens. That's not a leader. That's not a a nice manager. You want to create this safe environment that when someone screws up and they make a mistake, you're like, yeah, I'm in the trenches with you. I've done it before too. This sucks. Let's learn from it. 
now you know X, Y, Z, because every error is a chance to learn something. I will say that's one of Jen's like greatest attributes as a boss. That is why she is like the COO of our company and like manages the people over everything else. She will always go to bat for our employees, like without a doubt. Well, I appreciate that. Robin, before you introduce systems though, I want to give you a soapbox and I'm going to slide it right in front of you. And I want you to talk about internships. Trigger warning. (laughs) I do not agree with unpaid internships. It makes me so mad. Nowadays, like people with inflation and if somebody is doing work for you, you must pay them. And if you are not willing to pay them, you must be okay with whatever mediocrity flows out of them. You have no room to critique or anything else because I just feel like it's so unfair to people to have to grind and do all these like unpaid tasks for business owners, even if it's like a small cut. And this goes back into how we tell you know people to pay themselves, even if it's $20 every paycheck, pay yourself something out of the business because you earn it, pay that person something. And like, yeah, maybe they approach you and they're looking for a credit towards a class. Like I've had multiple people on my own family, like need credit for class. And they're like, I'll work for you for free. And I'm like, we don't do that here. Just feels like a no-no to me. It feels icky. It feels nasty. But this like sink or swim mentality of like, well, I had an unpaid internship, so they should have it too. I I don't believe in it. Just like you want people to pay your service fee to pay for your time, that person deserves to be paid for the time that they're investing in your business, no matter what kind of little tiny mediocre task it is. I feel like so many people use an internship for social media. And I'm like, guess what? You're not a social media company. So you're actually not serving them anything that they need. Like say they're a hospitality major, then yes, 100%, you are offering an internship that can provide them with an experience that enhances their education as well as provide you with a service. If they are a marketing major and you know nothing about marketing, Therefore, you are not benefiting them other than the sheer opportunity to create a newsletter list and make social media posts for you. They're not really learning much unless you are, maybe you are investing in trainings for them. And that's fantastic. Like if you're going to pay for these unique courses online or give them exposure to marketing training opportunities, cool, but feel confident in the fact that you're giving them an opportunity they couldn't get somewhere else for that same area. I think it's such a cop-out to say I'm hiring an intern for social media when you know very well hiring someone to outsource your social media to costs a grand, if not more per month, and you're just doing it to get cheap labor. There's social media managers out there charging $60 an hour on like the low yes. end of their packages. Like- we had a lot of people, and this is, I'm, I'm not saying this to be sassy, but I am bringing it up because I think it's important and it's a question we continue to get. If you hire someone, should you pay them for the training hours until they're fully up to speed? And I'm like, yes, they're working for you. It's illegal not to do that. So yes, if you are hiring someone, you do pay them for their training hours because that is the time they're investing to learn about your business, which is going to pay you tenfold down the road if you train them well. And I promise you, you want to train them well because it costs you way more to lose an employee than it does to hire one. 
if someone had ever come to you and said, for six months, I'm not going to pay you because you don't fully have the skill sets that we want yet, would you take the job? 100% you would not, nor would you want your daughter or sister or brother or mother to take that job because it's disrespecting their talents. And we're not here to disrespect anyone's talents. We're here to help each other thrive. If you are hiring someone, you are saying, hey, I want to help you thrive and I want you to live life to your fullest. Come on board, be part of my family, and we're going to do this. I also think this is a weird thing to say, but I would share a room with any one of our team members. If you wouldn't be willing to share a hotel room, especially in the world of travel with someone on your team, probably don't hire them. I'm just saying that because there might be a time that you need to travel with them. Yeah, for sure. I got to room with Jen once and it was the best day of my life. (laughs) Stepping off the soapbox and getting back to those systems. So I want to hear your thoughts on what systems have helped you understand the priorities of your job as well how as well as how to do the task. What systems do you feel like Ashlyn allowed you to do your job really well? Slack is for me to ask questions, to communicate with everybody else, but the systems itself that I found really helpful, obviously travel joy is got to be the number 1. This was our We'll call it a CRM. I knew Jen didn't have like a GDS. She used TravelJoy primarily only for our systems other than itinerary creation, which was super helpful for me to have everything live in one hub. So once I was able to learn TravelJoy and figure out how to use it, that is where I spent so much of my time. And I absolutely loved it. I did have so many TravelJoy training videos on their website that I could refer to if I needed help, which I loved. And so with travel joy, I mean, now I think it's, I'm not going to say easy. I'm not going to say simple because I know that it's not that for everybody, but now that I've been using it for so long, I cannot picture my life without it, especially as an advisor. So I think that this was the one thing that I used the most. And once I learned how to navigate the platform, I was able to help Jen create new steps in the workflow. We could duplicate things. I could import it for other advisors. There's just so much that you could do. And I really, really enjoyed. And that's where I learned a lot of the experience as well, because I could see each of her client trips. I could see where they were going, what years they were, not years, but like the months they were going, the best times to visit. It was just, there's so many pieces that helped me learn the industry. And that was also where Travify came into it. This is where we would build their itineraries. And I got to help Jennifer build the client itineraries after she planned the trips for them, I would kind of piece them together. And that really helped me learn the industry because I knew where they were staying in X destination. I knew if they were getting a rental car, if they were flying, if they were driving, taking a boat, I was able to learn the logistics of the industry through Travify. And I was able to learn what hotels were in which destinations, what we recommend. We ended up adding different things for like reservations and dining we were able to really build it up from there too. And I just, I loved Travify. I ended up getting certified in Travify, which is a fun fact for me, but I highly recommend having your VA get certified in Travify if you do use it, just because it helps sew up all of the holes in the learning if there are any to begin with. And then I loved Canva. Oh my gosh, love Canva. I did, that was maybe the only thing I had experience with going into this job that I had done previously was Canva. Everything else, all of these other systems we're discussing, I learned from Jen and Robin. 
Canva was really helpful for us. That's where we did our marketing, client guides, company business cards. On the admin side, if you need anybody to create anything for you, I think Canva and Google Docs are the two best places to do it. But the options are endless with Canva. So if you can learn how to use it, I think this is incredible. And then Planoly was super helpful for me. So Jen loves batching. She taught me how to batch. I had never batched tasks a day in my life but now I will never not batch tasks. And so with our clients, I know we've talked about this quite a bit, but each month we would do certain things. One of my tasks for clients was to send out their birthday emails, passport expirations, all of that. On the other side, we had our social media and we were being active and present every single day on social media. But I can guarantee you, I wasn't posting every single day that I worked there. And so we used Planoly to batch out an entire month of social media so that we could be present every day with our clients, but we didn't have to actually take time out of each day to do it. And I think that this was super helpful for me. Oddly enough, I was able to learn the industry too, because I had to come up with captions. And so at first, Jen helps me with all of the captions because I didn't know what to do. But once she kept helping me each month, she would kind of give me like little hints at what I should touch on. And then I was able to build captions. And then once I'm able to learn captions, I'm learning the industry. And so everything that I was touching helped to build my knowledge base truly. And then Trello, that was just like my Bible, my daily hub. Now we use ClickUp and other systems for day-to-day tasks, but having a system like Trello, especially to start out for a VA, is just really helpful for them to know what they need to do. You can set due dates. All of that was just like really, really helpful for me and keeping on track and knowing what I needed to do every day. And sometimes you didn't necessarily, you wouldn't know what the priorities would be because I might've gotten emails and things like that. But I will say I stayed within Travel Joy for all correspondence so that in a pinch, you could pop in there. That's really important is once you have a system, stick to the system because once you're sharing a space with someone else, you wanna make sure that they are able to utilize that space. And I think to Robin, your point is that if that it's not created before you're hiring, this could be a real struggle because if you're not doing things consistently, someone's not going to be able to do it like you do it. Before we wrap up, let's ask a hard question. Ashlyn, if someone has never hired before and they're nervous about bringing someone on, what can we help them understand that will allow them to set up their support roles for success? This is such a good question. I'm so glad you asked. You know, this is kind of a load question, but I am going to start with how I found Robin and Jen, because I think that this is one of the keys in finding somebody who's going to stick around and be what you're looking for as a professional to bring on and not just somebody to help. I actually was researching remote positions on Indeed, and I was searching operations admins, remote admins, different things like that. And that's how I stumbled across an opening for Teak because they were looking for a remote operations admin. I was in an admin role at the time. I had transitioned out of recruiting and I was like, this sounds perfect. Looked up their website. It was the cutest thing I had ever seen. And I was just like, okay, I love travel. I love it. I'm going to go ahead and apply. And so I think a lot of people in this industry rely on social media to hire a VA. But there's just something to say about using a professional hiring service or platform to find a professional. If you're just looking to offboard and you don't need somebody for 
a lot of different things, you might not need to do that. But if you're truly looking for somebody who can do everything you need, who can help you with your business, I think that that's a great place to start. I personally take my jobs very seriously. And I feel like most applicants on a job site like Indeed are going to feel this way too. So if you're looking for somebody who's going to be there for the long term, who wants a meaningful role, you want them to buy into your business and your processes, look somewhere where you can hire a professional, not just hire someone. And that is not to say your brother's daughter's cousin isn't going to be the best admin you've ever had. But I think hiring somebody with experience, even if it's not in the travel industry, but just experience in a job in helpful admin type roles, I think that's going to be your best shot at hiring somebody that sticks because I know that there is a lot of turnover for VAs in this industry. So ask those tough questions, look on professional websites and find somebody that's willing to learn and grow with you in the industry. And I think that you're on the right track to hiring a really helpful VA. As a travel advisor, we wear a lot of hats, planner, budget manager, fortune teller, therapist, meteorologist, But the one thing that we don't have to be is a graphic designer. Why? Because Canva does that for us with hundreds, maybe even thousands of templates to choose from. Social media and marketing can be a breeze. Just upload images and your brand kit and the possibilities are endless. Think email header graphics, social media posts and reels, client welcome guides, business cards, and so much more. No more expensive outsourcing. Canva Pro has you covered. To get started looking like the professional that you are, use Teak's affiliate code in the show notes. You can also hire based on what makes sense for you, whether that is part-time or full-time. If you're nervous about making the jump, start small and increase hours as you go. I actually think that when I was going to onboard with Jenna to Explore Tour Travel, I think we had talked about me being part-time at first. And then I was just ready to get out of my job. And I said, actually, I can start like two months early full time if that works for you. And she said, yes. And it was a contractor role. It was. It was. And then she was just like, I actually think I want actually bring you on as W2 and like do the whole thing. And I was, that's all I had known. I've never been a contractor. And I'm so thankful that we did that actually looking back now, like that was really good for me. But I'm just like, I'm a very loyal human being. I am a golden retriever in my heart. So I think at one point when I was being brought on, Jen was like, I actually haven't eaten dinner with like my husband in months. I really want to get back to the personal things. I'm just so busy. And so knowing how I was affecting her life made the position more valuable for me. And it felt very rewarding and fulfilling. And I just, I really loved that. So I think if you're an agency owner or you're an independent contractor who's having this problem where you're just too busy to focus on yourself and your family, you 100% should hire a VA, whether that is part-time or full-time. Definitely hire one to start and it's going to help you tremendously. We say it's really important to hire, I would say almost slightly before your business is ready because like Robin mentioned, we're very reactive in hiring But if you can get in front of what you need and you can start seeing it, hopefully this episode is helping you see that like, okay, yes, I am about to get busy. I mean, if you were drowning during the month of January, then I assure you come May, you are going to need someone to audit your trips and make those dinner reservations and all those things. If you are thinking that your business is growing into something that needs 
additional hands, I promise you, you're actually probably already there. And this is another thing that Robin and I talk about all the time. We're talking about the business as if the only thing in your business is client work. And that's not true. In reality, owning a business, about 25% of your actual travel agency business should be clients. The rest should be marketing and analysis and metrics and finance and all of the things that make up a business. If you were to write out the departments of a traditional business, I guarantee that customer service is going to be one eighth. But I mean, obviously servicing the sale in this situation is a much greater commitment of time. But we are putting a lot of things in our business on the back burner because we're working and working and working until we think, oh, I have too much client work that I need to offload it to somewhere else. You probably already have too much client work, if we're being honest. Do you know your profit each month? Do you know your expenses for each month? Are you pulling a P&L and are you sitting down and looking at it? Do you have a fruitful lead generator Are you marketing in the right areas? You are dead on when it comes to marketing to your ideal client demographic. Like, Do you have all of these things in your business fine-tuned so much that the only things you're working on are client work, like actually trip itinerary proposals and management? I I would guarantee probably not if you're listening to this because hopefully whoever's listening to this is thinking, I want to be better in my business. And that is so much bigger than making a dang dinner reservation. I'll just tell you that right now. And so for that reason, Robin and I have decided to provide in the show notes for this episode, a do delegate or dump worksheet. It's actually straight out of our AAA course. That was a bonus that we released for people who like signed up early, but it's just so juicy. So We included it inside of that program and it's a perfect little freebie to follow up on this episode, I think. Yeah. So head on over to the show notes. There's quite literally never enough time on these episodes. While we're doing our best to keep them efficient and succinct, there seems to be an unlimited amount to discuss when it comes to creating a successful and well-run as well as balanced business. As you can tell, we are passionate about hiring, but not just hiring, hiring, and onboarding so that you retain the talent that you've worked so hard to recruit. For anyone who has a team or wants a team, we hope that this episode helped you. Thank you so much for being back on the podcast, Ashlyn. As always, we had a blast recording. We can't wait to see you next week. What can we say? We're not kidding when we tell you that we're big on transparency. That's why we've compiled a few bloopers. Whether you're laughing with us or at us, enjoy these never before heard moments. Just a hot tip when podcasting, it helps to hit record. Yikes. That's where we're at today. I hint about it and talk through it on my intake call when we're getting into the nuts and potatoes of what it's going to look like over the next couple of months of working together. I love nuts and potatoes now. That is like, that's the new saying. When we're on a meeting, I'm like, all right, guys, calm down. Uh, we need to get to the nuts and potatoes of this. <laughs> need to get to the nuts and potatoes. <laughs> I have never. No, because it's not a I thing. I have never so heard that phrase in my whole life. It's a Robin original. <laughs> it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid of a couple things. I do it all the time.
And then I think, you know, if I was on my own more in the beginning, I really would have been less likely to ask questions. I would have probably been more confused and like a deer with its head cut off. Is that the saying? I'm not sure. Um, but I really liked being able to have Slack to reach out to my teammates and <laughs> last week. Last week I did the same thing and I said nuts and or bolts and potatoes or something. <laughs> Instead of like it was supposed to be chicken for the Or nuts and bolts and I said <laughs> bolts and potatoes. Oh, <laughs> so you just did that same thing. <laughs> We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of Teak Talk. If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of this episode. In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community where we host live events, answer your questions, share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year. Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think nothing. Head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.